Hi guys, this is Sierra, and you're listening to Death by a Thousand Books podcast. Here's a 30-second preview of the song featured in today's episode. And I'm sitting on a bench in Coney Island, wondering where did my baby go? The fast times, the bright lights, the merry-go-go. Sorry for not making you my centerfold Over and over Lost again with no surprises Disappointments close your eyes And it gets colder and colder Welcome back to Episode No No. (laughs) Death by a Thousand Books Podcast there we go. That's better. <laughs> Episode 8, It's Not Summer With You, part 2 of the three-part Jenny Han series, The Summer I Turned Pretty. That. It's Not Summer Without You. <laughs> is that what I said? You said It's Not Summer With You. Oh. Which is really sad. It is Summer With You. <laughs> oh my god, we didn't even talk about how these are like the perfect summer books to read on the beach didn't now we can't wow these are the perfect summer books to read on the beach (laughs) oh god i'm gonna start being full of it (laughs) so we pick up this episode with the beginning of book two conrad and belly are kind of together then they have a falling out susanna is unfortunately dead conrad is missing and jer picks up belly to go find him Rating out of five stars before we bring in spoilers. I'm going four. I am also going four. I'm I mean, bringing it up. I'm bringing it up a right. little bit. That's the thing. I feel like it's almost a frustrating steer- series because they just progressively get better. But like also at the same time, I feel like I can't rate them any differently. because It's just, hard to rate them individually as books. Because, because they're so short as well that you just think of them as one thing. And yeah. I've never only just read one book if I'm reading the first book I'm reading all of them at the same time exactly and that's always going to be the case so to me it's like I can't think of them I think for me the reason why insert spoilers here this book bumped up a little bit is because there was an actual plot line yes which lacked in the first book but I'm a very romance heavy reader I would read 500 pages of Icebreaker just Uh talking about smut and Nate and Stassi but we have this concept of now after Susanna has died the Fisher dad would like to sell the beach house and they're trying to save it Conrad's dropping out of college he says okay well if you pass your finals we'll keep the house Mm -hmm. so that's the recurring plot line that we have throughout the story which actually gives it some structure. Yes. So that's Same. good. Jumping right into our favorite couple, Belly and Conrad. My personal opinion that obviously I want to talk about is looking back on like some reviews and comments and quotes from this book, I feel like Belly and Conrad's relationship is more in Belly's head then it's actually real. And I think right. that's huge because we only ever get Belly's perspective. So it's all Conrad, Conrad, Conrad. Yes. But we don't get Conrad's side. Like, his life is not all Belly, Belly, Belly. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that the first book ends with them initially, not together, but at least... Confronting having, their feelings. Yes, having that interaction. And then the second book begins with them not together. I feel like that yeah. pushes it even further that, like, this is very much... For a her, one-sided thing. thing. But for him, it's 
she his world does not revolve around her as mm-hmm. I mean maybe it does, but because we don't get his perspective, we're I not think gonna it, know that. It's really hard to talk about because like while we know that Belly is fifteen and immature, we forget that like Conrad is also very immature. Mm-hmm. Like he does Extremely. not communicate his feelings at all, even up until the end of this book. Mm-hmm. You know when he says barely get I don't want to be with you I never wanted to be with you like you know that's a lie Uh uh-huh he just can't even but he just has feelings in order to he has so much more going on in his life now that he is in college now that his mom has died his dad wants to sell the house he's breaking down and belly is very inconsiderate of that Mm -hmm. I feel like the whole time like even in the first book like him knowing that Susanna was in the process of dying is more on his mind which you obviously know he has a thing for Belly, but that's not going to override the fact his that his mom. mom is dying. Yeah, exactly. And that just shows, like, I don't know, that he's somewhat more mature because he's not sitting there thinking about her constantly when he's got yeah. all these other things going on. But I feel like... At the same time, I think it's the reason why I understand people that hate Belly. Mm-hmm. Because she is very... One track, like, all she's constantly thinking about. It is all about her. Yes. Yeah, she doesn't really take into consideration how Conrad is feeling, which... Hurts me because I love Conrad and I see his damage and uh-huh. you just, it like, just makes me feel so much it's worse. It's frustrating because you wish you would be that like understanding. And it's not that she's not caring, but she just doesn't have any idea how to show that. Right. She wants him to choose. Right. She wants him to pick right. and, and communicate, which it's a red flag on Conrad's part that he can't. Mm-hmm. But it's also a red flag on Belly's part that she can't just chill the heck out. Right. Let him feel his feelings that he's obviously yeah and just be there for him and not try to put more of a pressure on him let it build the way it's meant to build instead of you just constantly being like oh well what about me even though you have all these huge things going on in your life that a teenager shouldn't have to freaking deal with in the first place so that wraps up conrad and belly but we get our first glimpse of jer and belly in this book Delaney, how do you feel about that? <laughs> I was going to ask you the same thing. I remember reading the second book and being so frustrated that something that was built up so much between Belly and Conrad was immediately over and somehow turned into Jeremiah and Belly. Because, like oh, we yeah. said in the first episode of this little like mini-series, is there's just not that connection between them that's yeah. romantic. It's purely platonic yes and i feel like jeremiah she is like a prize and yes it's a competition between him and his brother because i feel like he knows that belly is all about conrad i feel like in jer's head at least in the books jer is in the right mindset of i think he thinks he can treat belly better than conrad treats her Mm -hmm. but he doesn't show that it feels more like a project than like an actual declaration of love exactly he wants to win her he wants to beat out his brother which is like it's also frustrating because i just felt like there was no build up to it Mm -hmm. like even but then i guess that also just shows even more that it's just a freaking quest to him to win her because yeah he hasn't cared about her like and i saw someone make a comment that like Jer asking her to go find Conrad alone was, like, a step or a hint into his feelings for her. Mm-hmm. But that's not clear whatsoever. No. I mean, maybe to some people, like, they can see a connection between them, but I've never seen that being a thing. A thing. Yeah. Like, I've just never, 
even when they're together in this book. It just, I don't know. I know they're characters and you can't see a connection, but it just doesn't ever seem genuine. Yeah. You know that she's still in the back of her mind thinking, I wish you were Conrad. Well, and that's just the thing is that the entire book one is Belly always being in love with Conrad. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even really, like, get their moment of closure. Exactly. Like, it's not like they dated. Right. And then broke up, Belly got over yeah. him and dated Jeremiah. Like, no, they never even had enough of a fling to call it a relationship. Right. And I want to talk about the scene in the show when Conrad and Belly are about to kiss. Ooh. And Jer shoots the firework at them. Because that... in season one of the show, we get a taste of... More of a glimpse of Belly that. and Jer. Um, because it creates this whole love triangle. But in the books, you don't actually get a Belly and Jer moment until the end. Mm-hmm. Like, it is all Conrad up until the last few chapters, Belly right. and Jer kiss, and then book three moves in that direction. So they brought this love triangle in really, really early. Mm-hmm. But Never the look on his it. face after he shot that firework is everything that I feel about their relationship. It's so... Evil, right? It's to me, like it's not malicious. I'm so disappointed that you're interested in him. It's oh, I'm pissed and I want to win. And I feel like that's a two way street for Jer because, like, while her and Conrad didn't have like enough of a fling to call it a relationship, Jer didn't let them figure their shit mm-hmm. out before he inserted he himself, inserted himself. Exactly. in there. So I just get. I just get bad vibes from Jer. And I almost hate saying that because we all know he's golden retriever, sweet, yes. kind, cares about Belly, but he's also just got this hidden agenda. He's, yes. It's a exactly. perfect agenda. Yeah. He's just, he's got something about him that he's, and he's not got a malicious intent, but he's just got, I don't know. He just, I think it's a doesn't sense. Doesn't have good intentions fully. Maybe right person, wrong time. I think mm. there could have been a Jerbelly oh, relationship sure. that if happened. If Conrad had never... If Conrad was out of the picture. Yes, but the way that sure. Jer inserted himself... And like I said, I think in his mind, he said, I can treat Belly better than Conrad does. I want her to see that. Mm-hmm. Which is why he put her there. But she was in a vulnerable spot to be put in that situation. Mm-hmm. Because she just fell into Jer's lap. Right. Which brings us full circle to when Jer and Belly kiss and Conrad sees it, Belly instantly marches off and goes after Conrad to explain. Mm-hmm. And what does she like? What does she say to Conrad? What's their conversation? I don't know. We didn't do a reread. Sure, I, I just know that she here. walks away. <laughs> but I feel like that's a huge statement by Belly. Conrad will always take priority over Jeremy. Oh yeah, she didn't and care in about that, how Jeremiah felt in that moment. In that moment, her and Jer were doomed from the beginning and jared knew she had these lingering feelings for conrad and that it would always be for conrad and when she walked away to go after conrad he should have known to back off right and that's what i can't even feel bad for the guy because you've inserted yourself and you continue to insert yourself and you know that you're never going to be her first choice right so first you're a jerk and second you kind of like are not smart right (laughs) and we're going to we're going to wait until the final wrap-up episode of this series to talk about jer specifically and if we feel bad for him in this situation episode three has all the after yeah after everything goes down the series wraps up itself 
did Jer put himself in this position from this moment? And I think the answer is yes, but we'll dive into that later. Can we quickly discuss how did you feel about having Jeremiah's point of view in the second book? I I don't really remember it. I feel like it blended a little bit, and I feel like, if anything, it just showed that, like, Jer's intentions weren't real. Right. Like, he wasn't in love with Belly. Yeah, he wasn't in love with Belly. He was just always going to be insecure about her and Conrad Mm -hmm. and trying to convince himself that he's better than Conrad. Do you think the first book would have benefited from having multiple points of view? Or do you like the fact that the first book had one point of view, second book had two points of view, and the third book had three points of view? Mm. Like, I feel like that's, like, something I've never really thought about, and I feel like it's, I almost kind of like the way that she's done it, that it's up to having all of their point of views, but I also would have loved to have had all their point of views in the first book with all that was going on. I think that I agree. To the point where I like that the summer I turned pretty was just Belly. Mm-hmm. Because it just gave you her full, immature, in love mindset. Right, which is where the show and the book differed because mm-hmm. we are able to get all of these side plots of yeah. Conrad's point of view, mm-hmm. Jer's point of view, Susanna's point of view, Laurel's point of view. Right. That's where the show kind of thrives. Yeah. But as a as a book and like the series as a whole, I think I like that it was just Belly. I think so too. And that in that way you get to just know But then individually. In book three I like that we get Conrad. I know. I because feel like I now, just want more Conrad point of view than I ever wanted. Because now Conrad. we've built up this mysterious boy and like not known how he's felt all of this time. Mm-hmm. And then we're getting his little moments. Right. And I feel like it was important as a book to have Jer and Conrad chapters because there was going to be so For much sure. content of Jer and Conrad when Belly wasn't there. That's true. Like so, she, Jenny Han just knows what she's doing. We don't even ever have to question her thought process. Ever. Because this was without a doubt a series that we had to do in this podcast. For sure. There's no way we couldn't. Because the first book that I ever read in one sitting was this book, It's Not Summer Without You. Really? Yep. Oh, that's kind of cute. That's yep. that just like wraps them up. Is like you just can't help but sit there and literally devour them. Yeah, you can't just read book one, and then you read book two, and you're like, oh, okay, that was good. And then book three, there's some differing mm-hmm. thoughts on how it concludes itself. Right. So stay tuned for the next episode when we talk about that. Now I'm gonna talk about my Taylor Swift song. I'm very. I really want to see how the lyrics parallel to this book because you know I'm not. I like Coney Island, but I'm so not familiar with it the way I am with other songs of hers. For those of you out there that don't know, Coney Island is an amusement park in New York, right? It's in New York. Uh This song is more of a metaphor, okay? It's not a love song. It's not about heartbreak or crying over a boy who broke your heart. It is a metaphor to kind of capture this entire feeling as a book. Lyrically, it's like there are still parts of it. So the reason why I chose this song initially is because I wanted two perspectives. And this song has Taylor Swift and The National. So I liked that aspect. So I'll start with the Taylor Swift verse in the beginning. (laughs) 
feel like I'm gonna turn you into a Coney Island stand. <laughs> this is the long haul. How'd we get here so soon? Did I close my fist around something delicate? Did I shatter you? So you get the vibe of the song right away. Right. It's just right. like very light and fluffy. Mm -hmm. But to break those lyrics down, did I close my fist around something delicate? Did I shatter you? Belly reflecting on her and Conrad like, shit, did I push him too hard? Like, uh -huh. he's hurting. I might have messed up here. Right. Okay? So, let's dive into the chorus. And I'm sitting on a bench in Coney Island Wondering where did my baby go The fast times, the bright lights, the merry-go-go Sorry for not making you my centerfold Over and over Alright. A very long chorus, so I'm not going to play the whole thing because it's very long, but I will play, like, the parts of it, the lyrics that matter to me. So, obviously, I'm sitting on a bench in Coney Island wondering where did my baby go. The fast lights, the bright lights, the merry-go, sorry for not making you my centerfold. You have this, like, beautiful metaphor of, like, Coney Island doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Coney Island is not the fun, bright lights that it used to be. Ooh! So, to compare that to the cousin's house, it is so full of memories and joy and happiness, and now it's just Never going dead. to be that. It's just never going to be that ever again. Dang! That is where my brain went for this book. This, again, is why you are the song picker, because, mm -hmm. oh my god. <laughs> now, I will play you the national verse. Okay. Which is essentially Conrad. Okay? Right. Okay. The question pounds my head. What's a lifetime of achievement? If I pushed you to the edge, but you were too polite to leave me. Okay, I have to stop there because I have to. I'm gonna break down this song like almost lyric by lyric. Okay. So the national opens up with the question pounds in my head what's a lifetime of achievement? Conrad dropping out of college. He sees mm -hmm. no point in doing that, finishing it, doing anything. Yeah, he completely has lost everything about him. Oh, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> actually cry <laughs> and then he says um if i pushed you to the edge but you were too polite to leave me do you miss the rogue who coaxed you into paradise and left you there like wow okay <laughs> so conrad didn't even do anything to make belly fall in love with him he just existed. he just existed and then they hinted into this relationship and then had this fallout, and Conrad sees it as his fault. Mm -hmm. Like, whether you want to talk about his feelings for Belly or not, he feels like it is his fault right. that he can't be there for Belly. Right. Because he has so much going on, and he doesn't communicate that, but it's still so heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Will you forgive my soul when you're too wise to trust me and too old to care? <laughs> Hinting at book three, come on. <laughs> Okay, and now I'm... Oh, I guess I didn't play that line for you yet. Will you forgive my soul when you're too wise to trust me and too old to care? Because we were like the mall before the internet 
It was the one place to be The mischief that gift-wrapped suburban dreams Sorry for not winning you an arcade ring Over and over People don't appreciate the beauty of this song because it's just so like monochromatic the whole time through and right. there's no like real peaks and rises. Right. It's not a lyrics, it's not like, a bop, but it yeah. is absolutely heartbreaking. We were like Dang. them all before the internet. It was the one place to be like What a line. Oh my god, it's just so good. So I will say the most iconic part of this song is probably the bridge, which is what most people cling to because there's theories about each line being about a different X. Okay. So I'm gonna play it just because it's so good. Were you waiting at a old spot in the tree line by the gold clock? Did I leave you hanging every single day? Were you standing in the hallway with a big cake? Happy birthday. Did I paint your bluest skies the darkest gray? The universe way. Did I paint your bluest skies the darkest gray? <laughs> Ow! Like, pull the dagger out of my chest! Ow! That is, like, a very, very Conrad yes. Like... Oh! First of all, I love how Taylor Swift and the National Voice I was sound together. It's, like, butter. Like, it just sounds yes. so good. <laughs> and while it is not a love song, I feel like it just in some way captures this book because we were talking about like when was this book taking place was it in the summer was it in the fall but like I think that's why I thought it wasn't in the summer was because it was so different right it, was it wasn't all that like, like fun running down to the beach going to the boardwalk everything that yeah. it used to be it is not anymore oh and that song is so just like reminiscing on like things that yeah things used to be and yeah it's talking about this going to be like that again. this metaphor of like some beautiful thing that is now just dead but like it'll always be there right. like Coney Island will always be Coney Island just cousins will always be cousins oh my gosh. but it's just not anymore and like they're trying to bring life back to it that, I could talk that for hurts a little bit <laughs> I could talk for so many more hours about that song <sighs> and if there are any Evermore stands out there. I need you to come my direction because <laughs> I'm it is a beautiful album. And I feel like Coney Island is the perfect place to wrap up episode eight and move on to the final book in the series. Talk about everything that we haven't talked about so far. There's going to be a lot. I feel like that's yes. going to be probably the longest episode of this little mini series because there's so much to cover. Except I'm pretty sure that my... My Coney Island analysis took up about 90% of that episode, so... That's okay. It's also Taylor Swift podcast, so... Of it course it is! I love Taylor Swift over here. <laughs> Keep listening for episode 9. We'll always have summer. The final part in a three-part series of The Summer I Turned Pretty by... Jenny Hahn. Yeah. Our girl. Love you, Jenny. That's it. We'll talk to y'all in the next episode with the tea, the breakdown, the official <laughs> breakdown. <laughs> uh, let us just wipe away our tears really quick from Coney Island and then yeah. we'll be back. Damn. See you soon.
Oh